In this episode of the Upgraded Live podcast, Dr. Nick Sotelo guides our guest Ryan on an exploration of his core values. We often go through a lot not fully understanding what drives us, but today you're going to have the opportunity to witness firsthand as Ryan uncovers his true guiding principles with the help of Dr. Sotelo. So buckle up and let's go for a ride on the Upgraded Live podcast. Hello, thanks for tuning in to the Upgraded Life podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nick Sotelo. The Upgraded Life is my personal project where I help people realize and reach their potential. I've been a professional helper for 20 years. Here's what I'm convinced of. The life that you have right now and the life that you want tomorrow is a product of your personal mindset, mission, and movement. Each episode of the Upgraded Life podcast is going to give you something that you can do as soon as the episode is over to upgrade your personal mindset. Your mindset informs your mission. Your mission tells you how to move every single day. And together, that is the upgraded life. I'm just convinced that when when people find themselves in an undesirable situation, it's either because they, they haven't been operating in alignment with their core values, or it's their core values that is that they aren't aware of that is signaling to them that this is there's something off here that this isn't this isn't right. And so I think either way, it's 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 core values that is the you know sort of the base of anybody trying to do anything and be successful, which I think everybody should be successful. What does success mean? Well, people get to decide that for themselves. But you know, I mean, I, th- I think I think uh, people that find themselves in a, in a stage or phase of life where they're absolutely miserable, well, that's not what they, they thought about themselves when they were much younger. They didn't, you know, they didn't think like, I, you know, when I'm 38, I want to be burned out and miserable and on the, on the brink of divorce, right? Nobody that probably plans that way, but yet how many people find themselves in that situation? And for me, I think one of the, the biggest ways to either avoid that or to get out of it is clarity around core values. Right. So one, one book that will be easy for you to read is that I would recommend is called Bumpers. Bumpers. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, it's, I don't know, like 40 pages, but it's, it won't, it won't necessarily call out core values in there, like a distinct thing, like here's core values, but it does talk about getting clarity on what do you actually want in life and then holding yourself accountable through your, through your decisions to getting closer to what it is that you say that you actually want in life. And for me, that part of what do you actually say you want in life and within that is core values. So that's where I make the linkage there, but it's a great book. Nick Peterson is a a friend and a mentor of mine and doing a lot of good things out there. So always a, always an opportunity to plug, plug bumper. So, so when you went through the core values exercise, you know, tell me what, what that was like, what was your process? And then, you know, what did you come through on the other side as, as your core values? Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it definitely took longer than I thought it was going to. I think just the common theme that I hear from other folks who also go through it, same thing happened to me where it's really easy to cross them off initially. And then you get down to really trying to hone in on like five or seven. And then it's like, okay, like what, what really matters the most? But I do think that, you know, I ended up, I ended up going with, I think I had seven that I ultimately landed on. And the reason being for me was that you know, a lot of the core values that I had in the beginning were kind of centered around like other people. And like, I feel like I needed one or two more to like 
make sure that I was also kind of focusing on myself. So that way, like, you know, literally part of my statement that I still have is like, you know, I want to make sure that I'm filling my cup as I'm filling other people's cup. And so I, I landed on seven. I have my statement. If you want me to like read it off. Yeah. First, first give me the core values and then, and then give me the statement. Cause I'm going to, I want to write down the core values so I can be mindful of them. Yeah, sure. So I probably should have came prepared for that. Cause I, I still my statement, but I didn't actually have the value okay. set aside, but I could probably parse them out. So one was like my, my faith was a core value, family, loving other people, empowering other people, making a difference. I don't know if that was a value, but then the other one was a travel and six. making a difference with, with making a difference. That's seven. Yeah. So it might've been six or seven. I couldn't remember. I remember my buddy who not buddy, but like the, my mentor, when I first came in, yeah. Daniel Nolan was my guy who yep. was kind of following up on me. He, he was encouraging me like really like try to get it down to five, but if you yeah. have to have six or seven, so yeah. I, I landed on either six or seven. So I can go back and messages yeah. and probably find it. But that, that was like, yeah. Yeah. So when I do this, I, my, my angle on it is to get down to three to five. And okay. the, and the reason why for that is, is because, you know, so you have your core values and have your being statement. So how do you then incorporate your core values into your everyday life in a, in a meaningful and practical way? And so if you have, if you have a stack of core values, it's going to be difficult to incorporate them in your everyday life in a in a meaningful way and or to be able to track them if that's what you want to do. I don't always assign tracking to people for core values. But if it's three to five, it's pretty easy to, to recall them. It's pretty easy to infuse them and it's easy to track them. And so that's really kind of the, you know, like I said, my angle on it is to, is to get it down to three to five. So I'm not saying that that's what you and I will do necessarily, but that is one thing that I think is important. It's okay. to except it's it's basically a less is more type of type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So the first thing that I hear right off the bat with yours is they are they're they're more action oriented versus being the the reason for the action in the first place. And I think that that's that's fairly common in some of these, and it it may or may not make a difference. But that is that's one of the first things that strikes me. And then I also want to touch on the piece of awareness that you had that you said you added at least two more on that were just for you because you felt like a lot of this was based on what other people wanted, needed, or expected. And I think that that's an important piece of awareness. You know, I actually cringe a little bit when men say, I had my wife help me identify more core values. You know, I, I cringe a little bit, right? Because I do think that this is a this is a very personal individual experience at first, right? Does that mean that our loved ones don't have stake or input? No, it doesn't mean that, right? But it's very easy to fall into the trap. I constructed my core values or identified my core values with under the influence of somebody else, you know, sometimes, you know, my wife. And so like when I've done this for students, I do this with my counseling students and I teach at a faith-based university. And when I have them do it and I ask them to reflect on the process, Almost every time somebody will say, I felt the pull to put more Christian type values in my list because I was concerned about what what my peers might think or what what I would think as their instructor. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, OK, that's that's good awareness. And so let's 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 look at that and see, you know, if that wasn't a factor, what, what would make it on the list? Right. And so, yeah, any of that makes sense, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I do have a lot of like some of my faith stuff in there as well. Yeah. I do feel like I try to have that as an anchor for my identity uh, because I I just know that like in my experience, I don't know if if you're a man of faith or anything like that, but 
I just told you I teach at a Christian university. Okay. I just didn't know if they like, you know, (laughs) if I had to pass the test in order to get through. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know what you were teaching. I mean, I suppose my experts in other fields or whatever, but in any case, like I just, I have just always found that it's the only constant I have right in my life. And because of that, like, I want to make that, I want that to continue to be the center of, of where my focus is and what I value and who I am. Yeah. So, so let me attach some things to that. So if you, if you truly believe in being an image bearer, right? Imago Dei, if you truly believe in fearfully and wonderfully create knitted in the womb, if you truly believe in that I have come so that you might have life and have it abundantly. If you truly believe when I go away, I'll send you to helper and with that helper's help, you'll do greater things than these, right? If you if you if you sink yourself into those, what are the things that come out of that? What 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 you know? What is the the wellspring? What is the inspiration? And I would say core values are there, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think there's there's a lot of people, believer or not, who they don't have that 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 anchor like you you expressed it, and so therefore then they just absorb or take on the qualities or attributes that other people want them to have for for their own reasons. Right. So that's one of my one of my taglines is, is that you have to be crystal clear on your core values, because if you're not, by default, you're living out someone else's or something else's core values. It's just the way it works. Right. And, you know, obviously we're shaped by the values that come from the families that raise us or the communities that raise us. That could be a really good thing or that could be a not so good thing. Right. But what's important is for each individual to understand that. Right. This is the way I am. This is the way that I've been shaped to be. Oh, because this is the values that were being espoused by the people that raised me. What do I think about that? Mm. You know, is it okay for me to have, you know, a slightly different take on it or a dramatically dramatic different take on it? I tell the story of a, a, a family that I grew up with, you know, elementary school, middle school, and high school, and they are prominent farmers in the Northwest. They have, they have land, Oregon, Washington, I think Idaho and Alaska, and probably more than that since I talked to them. But anyway, one of the brothers decided he wanted to be an architect, right? And you imagine how that, you know, the expectation is that, that we're a farming family and we're going to pass on this farm to, to our generation. So imagine kind of what happens in the, in the divergence of somebody who decides that I don't want to be a farmer, right? And so, but it could be it could have been a good example of here's the values that that I've been raised with. What do I want to do as an individual? And is that okay for me to venture away? And eventually he came back and he's a farmer, but you know what I mean? But I bet you that through that process of figuring out who he was and what he wanted to do, he's probably more at peace at the farmer than he is now versus the farmer he, he would have been if he just would have followed suit necessarily. Does that makes okay. sense. Yeah. yeah makes a lot of sense. So when you look, when I, when I look at loving others and empowering others, what's, what's the difference between the two of those for you? Yeah. I feel like loving others is kind of loving people as Jesus loved them, you know, doing things for them, whether it's like servant type deals, like servant leadership, I think is a way that you can love on people being for people if they need a hand or if they need an ear, you know, like to listen. I think there's lots of ways you can show up and love other people. When I think about empowering people, I like for me, I want to not only love them, but I want to also empower them to do what it is that they're passionate about. And like, so like, I think a lot of that comes through, you know, I have a past in ministry. I'm not currently in ministry. It was something that I was really impassioned about was like empowering people to take a step of faith and doing what God wants them to do or you know, for now, like I'm currently this manager at Facebook. One of the things that I really get fueled by within this position is 
being able to empower others to do their job better or empower folks gain skill in order to grow their career and do the things that they want to do. So like, I guess, I guess that all boils down to like, I'm kind of a, a teacher at heart. I've got teaching experience as well, like literally was a teacher for a few years. And so I just, I think it's more about being a teacher and empowering others through that. Whereas like loving is more just some of the things I mentioned before. So for you, would you be able to empower people if you didn't love them? Probably not. And this is where, again, I'm not, I'm not telling you or anyone else to do, but th- this is how we kind of can, can fold in some of these things to get that, to get that into the three to five value range. Again, not saying that's, that's what you need to do, but it is kind of this, this questioning kind of distilling process, right? That if, if for you, it would be difficult or, or, you know, not possible to empower somebody if you didn't first love them, then potentially empowerment is an action that comes out of your core value of, of love for others. That makes it doesn't sense. have to be, but that's, that's kind of what, you know, one way is to kind of distill these down into three to five. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Again, I think in my mind, it was just kind of seeing those as two distinguished things when I was selecting them and again just kind of putting them in different buckets accordingly yeah. but to your point like empowerment is kind of a, a fruit that comes from um, yeah and this is where i think that they are distinct when you think about them as actions that you can observe or quantify in in real life those are two different things right the act of the act of loving somebody may may not automatically be an act of empowerment right but from our our tradition and our perspective it would be kind of difficult because if you're going to empower somebody without loving them then potentially the only reason why you're empowering them is is for selfish gain right right yeah and that's probably not the stance that you're coming from right yeah no at yeah. All. absolutely but yeah so they are distinct when you think about them as actions that can be observed and, and quantified loving somebody and empowering them are different but again kind of my angle on this is what is the source that says at the end of the day, Chris wants to look back on his day and say, did I, did I have love for, for the people that I was connected with today? Right? right. Yes, I did. How do I know that? Well, I empowered people. I taught people. I guided, I mentored people. But mm-hmm. it, is that anchored into that first, the, the, the core value of, of for others? Right. And again, I'm not, I'm not telling you what to do or think, but this is kind of that process of how to distill that. Right. That, that makes sense. sense. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And then and making a difference kind of would probably fold in into that as well. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think it's like the idea is that like, you know, when I encounter people, you know, through empowering them, through loving them, I want to be able to like make a difference make in a their difference. lives. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It definitely folds in as well. What is, what does faith mean to you as a, when you think about that as a value word, what, what does it mean for you to, to be anchored in faith? Yeah. I think it's not just maybe, like belief, like faith as a belief, but like also like it being the motivator and driver for how I live my life. So, you know, I want to, I want to live like Jesus lived, right? Like I want to be an example of him in everything that I do. And I want it to be an anchor for all of the decisions that I make. You know, I want to make sure that, you know, the decisions I make align with what I believe. And yeah, I think that's, that's, that's pretty much it. Following Jesus' example and then allowing my faith and what I believe dictate the decisions that I make. Family? Yeah. Wife and three kids. And I think that one of the first things that stems from faith is like taking care of what God has has blessed me with, right? Like Mm -hmm. wife and three kids. And so for me, I always put them first over anything else as far as like things that I desire, like things that I want to do. Yeah. Sacrifice a lot just as every parent does, as every husband does. And I just 
for me, family is a value because, again, I want to be a steward of blessing that God's given me. And they're the people that are closest to me are the people that I love the most. And so I just put first. Travel? Yeah. Travel for me, again, that was like when like travel and health kind of go hand in hand because, you know, like I mentioned, I feel like I, I sacrifice a lot for other people. And kind of that, some of that bleeds into why I wanted to read the No More Mr. Nice Guy, because I sometimes will, you know, fold, not fold, but like, you know, I'm just a yes man kind of to a degree or whatever. But I think for me, like travel is one of the few things that I know keeps me, keeps me fueled. Like I, I love to travel. I love to see and experience new cultures and food. And so for me, it's, I want to continue to make that a priority because it's something that I'm passionate about. Like I don't honestly with three kids. It, it's hard to have hobbies right. in general. And so yeah. for me, it's like, okay, if I'm going to keep a hobby, you know, like travel is going to be one of them. And it's kind of the same thing with health. Like for me, I've gotten very serious about my health over the last week. I was, a, I was a high school athlete, but through my 20s, like didn't really focus on health much. And then now that I'm in my, my 30s, like I see how important it is because it's so cliche, but you know, you hear like, oh yeah, like, you want to improve your mood. You want to improve these things like just exercise. And like, I didn't take that seriously for very long. And then I started doing it and started watching all the things. And so I, I just feel like in order for me to continue doing all these other things, like you said, I guess some of my, my values are, are rooted in, in actions and how I treat the people, I'm going to have to take care of myself. And so I, I just want to continue valuing my health mm-hmm. over a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think you said in your, in your being statement, there's something, yeah. or there's something about you being able to pour into others, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't yeah. pour from an empty cup. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And so up until this point, you've, you've got your core values and have your being statement. What, what are some ways other than people like me prompting you about it, that you find yourself you know, being mindful of, or, you know, using either of those in a, in a real way in your everyday life. Do you mean like, how do I keep myself grounded in them? Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's, I guess it would be establishing habits, I suppose, Yep. you know, so for me, like I set rules for myself that, you know, when I wake up in the first 30 to 60 minutes that I'm awake, like I'm not allowed to check emails or look at screens or anything like that. Like the first thing I'm doing every day is I'm eating breakfast and I'm reading my Bible and I don't turn on my screen until my reading is done. You know, also like go to church and some of those things. But like, I feel like creating that habit kind of helped me to make sure that I was keeping that as a, as a central focus as one of my values. And so for that, I would say it's that habit. Health, I exercise five times a week in the morning. So usually it's breakfast, Bible, exercise before I ultimately, you know, shower and get ready for work and all the things. So I guess it's, again, it's, it's more habits. When I think about some of these other things or these other values, family, I would say I have some habits there. We, you know, we tuck the kids in at night and we, we do a devotion, nightly devotion that we do together. I also make it a point to do, you know, one-to-one meals with my kids throughout the month. Just had a dinner with my son last night, my middle son. So I try to do that, making sure I have those one-on-one connection points. And then also just trying to look for different ways to prepare myself. So that's part of being a part of the Alliance is a habit that I, or a process in place that I have to make sure that I'm keeping myself grounded in that. Empowering others. I think like my biggest opportunity there obviously is with my kids every single day and then my wife, but like, I guess at the moment, you know, I do that with work, with having my team and stuff like that. I guess, I don't know how specifically prompt myself to keep myself grounded in that way, but like, I do try to keep it at the core of the decisions that I make and how I choose to train employees or how I choose to coach and mentor them and stuff like that. And then travel just 
kind of inevitably comes a little bit easier. It's just planning out vacations and making sure. I, I would say like from a, from a personal perspective, like I, I do pretty good at like work-life balance and making sure that I use my vacation, my PTO and some sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. I think in, in the talks that I have with a lot of folks, I think that you have a lot more already going in this area in terms of, you know, shows that you, you picked values are aligning with with what you're doing. Some people have the, sometimes people and particularly men can struggle with, okay, if my if my life isn't currently representing these values, then what's the point of picking these values because then, you know, I'm lying to myself, or I'm not being truthful, I'm not being authentic, you know. Yeah. And there's there's always going to be some of that. Right? When you're you're never going to all seven of these 100% of the time, you know, all day every day, right? you know, because mm-hmm. nobody's perfect. And so I think, you know, hearing this from you is like you've you've either that either hasn't been an issue or it, it isn't a showstopper for you that you recognize that, you know, you're, you're always going to be on a continuum with these, you know, day in and day out. But some people can get really stuck on that front end, you know, and part of that is because if you if you identify your core values, well, then you automatically identify and expose all the ways that you haven't been in alignment with that. And that's not fun for some people. Right. So, so it's yeah. easier to not to just say that the exercise doesn't work or it's it's silly or you just pick whatever comes to you that's convenient. Right. So right. my mind can go in, in crazy directions. So when you were talking about Bible breakfast and then working out my mind was like he needs to have another b in there the three b bible yeah. bible breakfast and breaking a sweat right was the the, the three b's um, yeah. anyway now that that's out there I won't rattle it around in my head anymore <laughs> yeah. but you know the habit stacking like you said i think is is definitely a piece of it and what i will what i will tell people to do when i'm leading them through kind of the next layers of of core values is to you know loop in your smartphone your smart device whatever it is you know three alarms to go off morning, noon, and night. And when it goes off, all it is is a prompt for you to, to be, you know, grounded in your core values with whatever's going on. You know, for you, it might be going into a meeting. It might be right before you send an email. I, I have been pleasantly surprised about the number of times when that alarm has gone off for me. And it's been right on the front end of me doing something fairly <laughs> critical or important. Right? Yeah. And it's just, it's just a prompt. And so sometimes that prompt will come and you've got 15 minutes or maybe you've got an hour. And, but sometimes that prompt will come as you're crossing the threshold, as you're getting ready to walk into, you know, a meeting or, or whatever it is. Right. But no matter what the time frame is, it's, it's can be very important. And so if you have time, well then take a handful of minutes and just kind of sift through, you know, okay, today, this is where I've had the opportunity to execute these core values and these actions or in the day that I have left, here are the opportunities. But sometimes it's like, okay, I'm going into this conversation. I've got to hold a, an employee accountable. How do I, how do I first and foremost express love for them in this process, right? It could just be as quick as that, right? Yeah. So that's one of the ways that, that I found useful in helping myself and others is, you know, put in some reminders and it's just a prompt for you to do that. The other way is one or the other or the or both but like like you you were talking about in your bible breakfast and working out starting your day off you know just reviewing your core values mm-hmm. thinking about the day that you're going to have and then asking, and, and in your case maybe praying for the opportunity to to be faithful with your core values right Who who's going to need me to show up and, and show them love first and foremost given the day that i have right and then closing your day with it looking back on it based on the day that i had where were my values most present? Were, were my values not as present when they needed to be? 
Mm-hmm. And then that can kind of set you up for the, for the, for the, for tomorrow, right. The next day. Yeah. And that kind of concept of habit stacking. I know that you you've been with us for the better part of a year. So you've been through atomic habits, but I think all of that fits within the realm of, of habit stacking. Yeah, for sure. I like the reflection piece too. Cause I, I mean, I like the idea of alarms in general, but I, I've also been thinking of whether I want to start doing like journaling at night as well. Mm-hmm. It's, um, a great, it's a great prompt for journaling right? Yeah. I've heard that it's, it's, it's like good for you to journal just to kind of like clear your mind and stuff at night and also like reflect on things you're grateful for all the things. And it's just something I haven't done again. Cause like, I, I guess I'm in this mode of life where I'm like starting to engage with the, with the cliches. Cause they actually work. You know what I mean? Right. So like, I never really thought of doing it. Cause like, Oh, like that doesn't make sense. I'm just going to ignore it. But like, it, it does have value and I'm starting to realize that. So yeah, just, and you're talking there just about the journaling process. And yeah, well, journaling, and that's actually another goal that I set for myself this year was to begin journaling more often right. when I bought myself a $40 journal. And I was yeah. like, if I'm going to spend $40 on a journal, I'm probably going to use it. So like, yeah. So yes, yeah. Journaling in general, for sure. More specifically in this context, like doing that at night as a means of like spending the last 30 minutes doing something productive or doing something of value versus like trying to spend the last 30 minutes on the screen scrolling. Yeah, or, yeah you know. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the book that really kind of kickstarted me in the personal development world was High Performance Habits mm-hmm. by Brendan Burchard. And that's what got me started on being more intentional about reading, uh-huh. you know, and I think by that time I already had a PhD. So it's not like I, I didn't know how to read or I haven't had to read a ton in order to get there, but I didn't, I didn't really have a discipline of, of reading. I would read when I had to for a requirement for something, but mm-hmm. I never, like I said, had that habit or discipline. And I don't really say that I read for fun necessarily. Like I don't, I find I very rarely read anything that isn't that's fiction. I very, I very rarely read fiction. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't. That doesn't mean that I shouldn't. Uh, right. It's just something that I haven't fallen into yet. But it was anyway, it is in that book, High Performance Habits, where Brandon makes the argument based on his research. He interviewed 10,000 high performers and distilled their habits into six, you know, categories. And reading was one of them that, you know, the average pastor, the average CEO, the average whatever, if they're a high performer, they they read at a certain, I think it's like, not that much. It's like 10 books a year or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but like the top level CEOs will read up to 50 a, a year or something like that. Right? And so we'll see what Mr. Zuckerberg, how many, how many he reads. Right. But <laughs> yeah. so that kind of where it got my challenge going, you know? Mm-hmm. So in that year, the first book that I read after that was John Maxwell's, one of his leadership books. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Maxwell said that he reads, my goal was to read three books a month was, was my goal. At that, John Maxwell in this book says he reads four and for better or worse, because of my personality, I was like, well, I'm not going to let John Maxwell outdo me. So <laughs> I, I settled on five yeah. and I read 89 books in that year. So there's an argument to be made. Yeah, I just wasted a lot of time because I didn't master anything, but I have a different take on that. I'll save it for a different conversation. But but yeah, so that's where high performance habits and you're saying. How do you, how do you start and how do you wind down your day? That's it's critical. Cause if you can't win days, then you're not going to win weeks. If you're not winning weeks, you're not winning months. And if you're not winning months, then you're, you, you can't win years. And that's how decades go by. And you wonder how in the world you got to where you're at. Right. So that, right. that process of how do you start your day and end your day intentionally is all about how do you, how do you win days? And the more wins you can stack in terms of days, the better off you're going to be overall. So I like that. I like that you're focused on, on that. What can I do differently to close my day down? Right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's also for me, it was just 
what helped drive me was just kind of trusting in the process a little bit too. Like, you know, I think one of the, actually one of my favorite to this day podcasts that I listened to from the dad edge, Larry had this guy on, I forget his name, but this dude was, I think he was one of the most vulgar dudes that have been on the podcast. And Larry starts the episode saying like, normally we try not to do this, but just as a heads up, this dude is like cussing left and right. He like said something in there that just has always stuck with me. And it was basically along the lines of pardon my French, but like, fuck motivation. Like if you keep looking for motivation, there's going to be times where you don't find it. And so it was basically this concept of discipline over motivation. And that just really stuck with me. And like when I started doing things just because I knew they were the right thing to do, it helped me to stay committed to it. And then through the commitment, being able to see the benefits of it, where again, where it was like before, like, I just thought that these were cliches and like, there were really no benefits to it. It was just, this is something that works for somebody else or whatever. And it sounds the like same- one of the fellow brothers that he was interviewing there. That sounds like one of their messages. It could have been. Yeah, I can't go back and and see if I remember what it was. Yeah, I can't remember which one it was, but that that one always, always stuck with me. And, you know, it also forced me to also like I do cold showers and like all the things now to try to like change that mindset, too. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of discussion about that, about motivation versus discipline. If you're being if you're if you're blindly being disciplined, does that not also at some point get you to the same spot of not being motivated anymore because you don't you don't know what it was all for? I think the answer is in there somewhere. And I also strongly believe that core values is part of the, is part of the answer, no matter which way you look at it, right? Meaning when you get in the habit of being, and this is almost like prayer without ceasing, right? Being mindful of your core values without ceasing, right? So once once you're able to do that, where where core values is integrated into your everyday thought process, reflection process, planning process, then the discipline that you need could be or should be, you know, fueled by your core values, mm-hmm. right? But when the when the discipline or the motivation is not in line with your core values, that's when those things will you know crash and burn. Right, they're going to be in opposition to to what it is that you actually want. Meaning, what's your mission on this life? In this life, what are the gifts that have been entrusted to you, and how and how do you stay faithful to those things? Right. So, I think core values are there too. It's it's easier to have discipline when you recognize that what you're doing that you know out of discipline is in in alignment with your core values. It can be much more difficult to stay disciplined when the thing that you're trying to do is not in alignment with your core values. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and the same thing with motivation, right? If you can easily identify how this thing that you're being asked to do or endure or whatever is in line with your core values, well, then you're going to have motivation for it, right? right? But if it's not, it's not in line or you aren't aware of your core values, well, then your motivation is going to is going to crash and burn. Right. And so so that's again, that's where I will 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 submit the core values is probably part of the solution, whether it's discipline or, or motivation. Right. Yeah. So probably at the end of our time here. So hopefully this was helpful. And if it was helpful, what's something that that you'll take away from our time spent sifting through your core values. Yeah, I think I, you know, I want to go through again and I've thought about redoing the exercise for a while. I do think maybe it'll make sense to try to minimize it a little bit and mm-hmm. to your point focus on like the beings versus like, the doings. Yeah. I think that's probably definitely helpful. Yeah. To to do that. And I think it's yeah. always good to have that reflection as well. Yeah. And this is where I think when people will 
will make the statement, which I get it. And I used to be kind of bristly about it, but I've settled down. I can comment that your core values will change over time. I actually don't believe that. Mm-hmm. Again, coming from a, a Mago Day type, you know, fearfully and wonderfully knitted in the womb. I, I think that it's more like Michelangelo cr- creating this David statue. It was there in the marble. He just had to unlock it, right? And Mm -hmm. so I I think that the doing piece to use, you know, the language there, that's what changes over time, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, if if love and empowerment for you being core values, well, the way that you're going to execute that over time, that's going to change, right? And that's going to change based on who you are as a person, the skills that you have, the access that you have, the realizations that you have, but that that core value of I need to be loving to, to others as much as possible all the time. That doesn't change, right? right? But how you execute it changes. Yeah. Right? So that's where I think that your core values will change over time. That's probably where that comes from, as opposed to your actually it's a core value. Now you can have a major life change, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you could you, you can have your life rocked for whatever reason in a good way or a bad way. Yeah. And you might realize that there's a different value that comes into your life. But I think by and large, that that person that we are meant to be is there from day one. It's just the process of how do you discover who that is, right? So, yeah. yeah. Well, I would love it if you would circle back and let me know kind of how that refinement process has been. And is this something that, you know, I've been recording this. I didn't ask for permission on the front end, but is this something that you would feel okay with me packaging up and putting it back out to the group for people to look at? Yeah, I don't I don't mind that at all. I want to share it out. Say no too. I don't, you know what I mean? Like totally okay to say no, but I think these are helpful for people to look at. So that way when they're, you know, they're not kind of as much on their own for having to, what does this really mean? Like, what is this really this exercise all about? And I think you give yeah. them a, some great examples of how you were already very much grounded in these and how you were executing these in your everyday life already. So I think it'll be really helpful for people to see. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm an open book, so feel free to share. Well, I appreciate that for sure. Thanks for being in the hot seat. Yeah. That was an insightful session with Ryan, wasn't it? Seeing his realization about his core values was truly rewarding. If you two are struggling to pin down your core values, why not reach out to Dr. Nick Sotelo? A quick 30 minute call will be able to take all the time to shed on the light that drives you just like it did Ryan today. Don't miss the chance to get the total clarity of what really matters in your life. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Upgraded Life Podcast. This show doesn't exist without you, the listeners, and so I appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to show your appreciation back to me and to this podcast, there's a couple ways to do that. One way is to be subscribed to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you are an Apple user, you can go over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. All of those things help. And now I want to talk about two projects that I have going that are out there that I think are very important if you're the right person for them. So the first project is my anger resolution program. And this is for men, fathers that own businesses that have anger that's completely out of control. And if that's you, I have developed a program specifically for that so that you can get complete control of your anger that you can rebuild the relationship with your loved ones and that you can make your business more profitable. That is all contained in my anger resolution program. If you want the info about that, check out the show notes and there'll be a link there for you for anger resolution. The other project that I have going, which is equally as important in my mind, and it's a lot of fun, is based around blockchain and cryptocurrency education. 
So if you've listened to this podcast this year, in 2023, you will have heard that several of them have focused on cryptocurrency. And that's not by accident. That's been a big part of my uh, free time, my extra time, and my financial strategy uh, over the last uh, 18 months or so. So I have founded, together with some partners, a organization called the Ultimate Crypto Startup, and we offer crypto education. Our Crypto 101 course is completely free, and it is designed for the person who knows traditional finance and they're curious about the world of decentralized finance. So if that's you, but you, you don't even know what a Bitcoin is, you don't even know what blockchain is or how blockchain technology works, Crypto 101 is exactly what you need to build that knowledge into you so that way you can look at the world of decentralized finance from an informed vantage point. So Crypto 101, if you want info on that, again, look in the show notes and you will find the link for that course. All right, my listeners to the Upgraded Life podcast, I'm going to sign off for now and I'm going to urge you to do something as soon as this show is done to upgrade your life to boost your mindset. Take action today.